By the end of May, due to Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine, there were around 9,000 reported victims among civilians. Among them, more than 4,000 killed, including 262 children, who died as a result of shelling and bombing. The real numbers are much higher. It is impossible to say how many have suffered in occupied cities and villages and on the front lines. Russia has been shelling Ukraine for more than three months now. Each casualty figure represents a real life. From the very beginning of the full-scale invasion, the Team of War Stories from Ukraine project has been documenting testimonies and experiences of people who live in Ukraine. We are translating the stories into more than 14 languages so that the human dimension of the war is seen and understood by people abroad. During the past few months, we have been able to record more than 100 stories, those of people who experienced occupation, lost their loved ones and homes, survived themselves and saved families. Those who are staying in the occupied villages and towns, those coming back home after evacuating, those who have nowhere to return to, those who are protecting their country and doing their jobs. We want to show the human face of this war. The story of Alexander Parebainis broke out down in March. The Russians killed his family near Kiev when they were trying to evacuate. My family started walking in the direction of Romanovka district across the blown-up bridge in Rpinj. My wife with our children and dogs were working in front, and behind them her father, my father-in-law, was pushing his wife, Tatiana's mother, in a wheelchair. The first mine fell into the floodplain of the river to their right. Tatiana and her children rushed forward and hid under the bridge. At that moment, a second mine fell under the bridge. A family of strangers was cut to pieces on the spot. Perhaps this is why my wife and children decided to leave that place and ran forward. In Romanovka, they needed to walk 600 meters to the bus. Somewhere in the middle of this walk, near the church, a third mine fell next to them, which killed them all at once, says Serhii Parebinis, a 43-year-old software engineer from Irpin. Serhii's family tried to escape from the shellings by the Russians' military on March 6. At that time, the invaders were trying to take Irpin. Meanwhile, Serhii was in Donetsk, which has been occupied by Russian-backed militants since 2014. There, the man was looking after his mother, who fell ill with COVID. Parebinis arrived in Donetsk a week before the war. Within days, the occupation authorities announced mobilization. Serhii had a Donetsk residence permit, so he could have been drafted. On February 24th, the first day of Russia's full-scale war against Ukraine, his wife wrote that something had flown past the house. Serhii urged them to pack an emergency suitcase. He tried to leave the city, but failed. At this time, the Russian military shelled Irpin from the side of the occupied city of Bucha. At first, Serhii's family hid in the hallways. When Russian invaders fired mortars at the house on March 3rd, the family went down to the basement and spent two nights there. On March 5th, they went up to the apartment and talked to Srihi about their escape plan. 
we discuss two options, either by car to the village of Stoyanka or to leave the car behind and cross the bridge on foot. Of course, I apologize to my wife for not being with my family. And she did not lose optimism and said, don't worry, we will break through. We saw this in 2014, we can do it. But they couldn't. Serhii recalls his last conversation with Tatiana. The family went down to the basement and there was no connection with them. The next morning, according to geolocation, Parabainis saw his wife's phone on the Zhitomir Highway between Kiev and Stoyanka. Within 20 minutes, geolocation showed that his wife was in a hospital in Kiev. I called my friends who lived in the area. I asked them to go to the hospital immediately and find out what had happened. After a while, I saw a Twitter message that mines had fallen on Romanovka and a family had died. A man, a woman and two children. And then there was the first photo in which I recognized everyone, says Serhii. I called my friends in Kiev. I told them that my children were lying on asphalt. They were dead. It's not fake. It's true. I recognized them, so look for my wife in the hospital. And then the first video appeared, which made everything clear. Serhii's family was in the video. Everyone died. To bury his family, the man traveled to Irpin for three days. First he got to Russia, then through Poland to Lviv, and from there to Irpin. Serhii's wife received a mortal shrapnel wound to the chest and neck. His son suffered the most because he was the closest to the center of the explosion and actually covered his young sister. The shell fragments hit the left side of his body from head to toe. His daughter received one fragment in the left temple, from which she died. Tatiana worked as a financial director at an IT company. The company relocated its employees to Poland, but the woman refused because she did not want to leave her sick parents. Maketa, his 18-year-old son, studied programming at the Taras Shevchenko National University of Kiev. His nine-year-old daughter Elisa was a schoolgirl. So he is filing documents with the prosecutor's office and international courts so that the tragedy of his family does not go unnoticed. He wants to give his story maximum publicity because what Russia has done to his family is a crime against humanity. So he realizes. I will not return anything of my own, but I want to achieve truth and justice in court. On April 1st, the Kiev region was liberated from the occupants. The next day, Ukrainian soldiers and journalists entered the freed cities and villages of Bucha, Rostomel, Vorzel, Irpin, and others. What they saw shocked the whole world. Bodies were found in basements and apartments. The Russians were shooting people in the middle of the streets. The hands of many of them were tied together. Locals buried their family members and neighbors in the yards of apartment blocks and in playgrounds. It is believed that around 300 people were killed in Irpin. The exact numbers are not known. <laughs>